This is Digging the Crates. I'm Vice Beats. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the podcast, brought to you by The Fine Mag. An aspect of Digging the Crates is that the interviews are from various times. They weren't all recorded yesterday, instead we've gathered our favourite selection of interviews, which I've had the pleasure of doing over the years, and put them all in one place. Kicking it off in style, we're heading back to September 2019, to a man whose passion for hip-hop has seen him become a true icon of the scene, and one of the most recognisable voices in the history of the art form. This is Digging the Crates, with Charlie Tuna. And now for our feature presentation. All right, here, here we go. Yo, this is Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5, live and direct with my man Vice Beats, and we are here digging the crates. <laughs> I used to dig in them, but now I just dig them. Charlie Tuna, welcome to Digging the Crates. Thank you. Digging the Crates. Digging the Crates. Like, I'm not digging in it, I'm just digging them, period. Just digging them. That's what's up. Yeah. Respect. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. So, what have you been up to? It seems seems like you guys are on a proper adventure at the moment. I've been hanging around with this quirky dude named Crafty Cut. <laughs> I heard about him. Yeah. That dude's bang. The dog in the shade, the shop in the place, got the parade, spark a grenade, embarking in vain. Yeah. My talk is displays, the marks of a slave, dark days, the carpet is laid for the prophets of rage. Yeah. Control the area, narrow days, they clench fists, breaking down barriers, barricades, and fences. Perimeter secure in the first rhyme and convinces against the impure, the first line of defense is me. But, uh, yeah, um, we've, uh, Kind of stumbled into uh, uh, destiny, so to speak. I mean, I, I, we didn't expect this to happen. Is why I'm saying that. So it's cool to be able to just like you know look back in hindsight and go, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> and, and you know, and be right here. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's been it's been cool. Just keeping busy with this guy, man, and being you know, we put out this Adventures of a Reluctant Superhero album. It, you know, I don't want people to be like, "So, uh, you guys are not." You know, sticking true to the comic book theme, or you guys don't have your your script right, or you, it's hard to follow this. First and foremost, we'll make this this uh, what you call it this disclaimer. We came here to have fun. Simple. It was fun to record this. He's pulling out beats. We was like, "What are we gonna do on that?" Okay, let's do it. You know what I mean? That's all it was, man. And it, and it just came out to be this. And I'm just happy that we didn't uh, bust our brains and try to like. You know what I'm saying? Make the, you know, ch- you know, like create, invent a new type type of wheel or something like that. It was just us just having fun, man. And that's, the, you know, a lot of people don't even do that no more. So that was fun, man. It was, it was, there was a time when I first started, it was fun. And then it became work and not in a bad way. That's what I wanted. I wished for that. And you know that, that saying, beware of what you wish for, but you shall surely get it. I got it. And all of the troubles and the, and the bad and the dark things that come with it, as well as all of the great things, you know what I'm saying? So I, I accepted it all. I wasn't like, uh, trying to shun the bad and it's just like whatever comes with this i'm gonna accept it because i didn't expect it to happen so, so i mean you've you've created such a, a body of work over the years i mean if you've got one album or one project in particular where like you say it kind of became work but in a good sense like where you kind of feel like yeah that's that's the one that's the one i'm most proud of oh man i don't know man i mean you know you can say you're most proud of your first child you know yeah. what i mean but then your other kids get mad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think uh, the labor of love for me was uh, Fish Out of Water just because it was a defining moment, like an identification process uh, outside of the 
the superhero team that I'm down with called Jurassic Five. You know what I mean? Even if I looked at it like that, uh, it's only half that simply because of the stuff that I did with Ozo Motley and just my whole mind state on trying to collab. I always thought that. You know, it's like a virus where you infect that area and it spreads and infect that area and it spreads and somebody go get sick. That's what it is. I mean, so that's that's kind of like how I was thinking about it. But I think uh, Fish Out of Water was that labor of love because I was able to say some things on that album that uh, were implied. And also like that I may have wanted to say out of my chest, but I couldn't. Well, I felt like I couldn't at the time because I was, you know, I was in a whole nother headspace. You know what I mean? So it felt good to be able to do that. Welcome to Terradome. I'm your host, a friendly neighborhood baritone. Vocals channel the spirits of old poets. I don't drink a glass, never will hold a wet. Similar to Paul Lawrence Dunbar from the crew you thought was just all chorus in one star. Now, I'm one six of a clique that runs shit while commercial counterparts are in constant conflict. Ah. I feel like that about this, this Reluctant Superhero album too because it was like, <laughs> Uh, you know, we gonna have fun, but don't slack on the verses. Okay, cool. Well, let me let me really write some things that's on my mind at the time. And yeah, you know, songs like Distance came out, stuff like that. So it was cool, man. It was really dope. But we're fighting for big up to you know what I'm saying, yeah. Miss Jennifer Stewart. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you collaborated with so many artists. I mean, do you find that collaboration gives you strength? Or like you were saying, there's certain elements where sometimes it's implied. Do you? Do you find that you you prefer writing on your own or do you kind of tend to steer more towards a collaborative approach? Uh, I think I do both. I, I don't I don't know if uh, if uh, I look at it in one or the other perspective because I kind of absorb it all as it's all art. Like I, I paint, so I'm like, okay, if, if I'm not actually holding a brush or holding a can, how else can I paint? Oh, I can paint with these words. I can paint with this music. You know what I mean? This is kind of how I think about it. So collaborations are well accepted in this realm, in this realm as well as being by myself and writing some stuff. I learn from collaborations. I learn a lot of different things. And I try my hardest to, even if it's the most minute thing, to take it back and add to you know my skill set, so to speak, to try to see if it, it, it can apply to me on my downtime or on other things. You know what I mean? So it was cool. I learned a lot of stuff from working with Crafty. Um, for these last three years, not just like in the studio, but outside, you know, touring and all these different things. So it's cool to be able to, like I said, collab. I like that and I'm used to it because mm-hmm. that was kind of my MO from Jump. You know, they yes. say uh, I'm the man with more cameos than Larry Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a statement, really. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so do you get much time to paint? Like, do you do you kind of still actively do it? I try to make time. Yeah, I actively, yeah. yeah. I try to make time. That's that's my first love. So it's like, I can't, you know, it's like, it's like I was married to painting and then this music came along and she was all pretty and I cheated on my wife and next thing you know you know what I mean so it, it, it I love I love it above everything else to be perfectly honest with you and I'll make some time for that to happen it's just what it is in terms of your influences musically I mean where did this all come from like what was kind of your base where you got into what you're doing I grew up in Chicago man and um you know um 70s and 80s and 90s you know I was born in the 70s Chicago father and my mom was you know children of the 50s and 60s and they they you know all the soul music and all of everything that was uh the turning point and the theme songs for 
the, uh, the black American struggle was just my background music, man, at all times. On Sunday mornings, my mom and I used to clean up the house, and I was charged at being the DJ. Hey, go turn that record, flip that record over, baby, you know, <laughs> play that James Brown, or, you know what I mean? I was just like, well, what y'all want me to play next? So I was able to kind of learn these records, and draw. I was drawing covers and reading the background, you know what I'm saying, tripping out on how Stevie Wonder did all, his, all of the music, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, Sundays for me was kind of like music class. Now that I think about it like that, I never thought about it like that before, but that's kind of what it was. It was like I was able to absorb the soundtrack and the theme songs of the 70s and 80s. And those flipped into our songs in the 90s, you know what I'm saying, through rap music and stuff. And now we hear the 2000s, millennial changing and doing crazy shit with technology. So it's nuts, you know what I mean? <laughs> the Fine Mag presents Digging the Crates with Five Speeds. A city where modern architecture and quaint buildings restored out of the past share a common promise of the future. You initially were a security guard. And you were all out doing security <laughs> That's one of the before. Jobs, yeah. So I'm like, how how did you make that flip from doing that kind of thing to to getting into MCing and making it a full time? I was already gig? into MCing when I was doing that, man. But it was one of them things where you got. I had a child, man, at an early age. You know what I'm saying? I got a son that's about to be 28 years old next week. So <laughs> that being said. I had a child when I was young, and I had to I had to feed him. I had to do something, you know. And I did a little bit of everything, you know. Yeah. What I'm saying something dark, some dark, some some things on the light side. One of the light side takes a security guard, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, I just remember one story was um, I was playing with Jurassic, with, recording a lot of songs with Jurassic Five, and the Jurassic stuff was doing minimal things here. It was just starting to bubble here, and then I was working with Ozo Motley at the same time in the states doing a lot of shows, and I was working in the security guard spot, and, I took, and my one of my uh, high school friends was my boss at the time. And I called him. I was on an assignment and I called him. I told him, I said, look, man, these are one of the last kind of gigs I'm going to do with you, man. If, if, if one of these dudes call me and tell me that I got a gig that's going to pay me more than this paycheck, man, you know I'm done, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's all good. And that same night, I got a call from Ozo Motley. He was supposed to play, I think, with Santana or somebody like that. I was like, hey, Lawrence, <laughs> I love you, man, but I'm out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. The escape route. Oh, that's what it was. That's mad. Over time, your sound as an MC seems to stay relatively consistent in terms of your message and your approach to it. It's a really nice thing to see. It seems like a lot of artists will jump from one ship to the next ship, and it's like, oh, hang on, that looks like the nice ship. That's got some money on it. I'll go over there. But like your your sound seems to have just changed over time. But there, there's like subtle evolutions where it seems like your voice is almost becoming more and more musical. I mean, is that like a conscious it. thing? Uh, maybe, maybe so. You know, I mean, just getting more and more into the music as time goes goes by, learning more things, uh, learning how to use my voice. There was a time in my career where I was like, I ain't trying to learn how to sing. What you talking about? I'm rapping. You know what I mean? Even my yeah. son had that attitude. Like his mom could sing, and he would tell his mom, "Singing is for girls." <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. But I mean, just being in groups like Ozo Motley and um, you know, being around like vocal coaches and mm. you know what I'm saying doing voiceover work and learning from vocal coaches in that field and um, breathing and watching singers and all of these things I think just added to my uh, my skill set but bigger than the skill set part it was like uh, what you see is what you get with me and I've always wanted that to be because I've all I've met a few of my heroes in the past and they have not been you know favorable yeah. people love this art but it just hurts so for me I'm like look I know I'm a cool cat I'm gonna be this dude I'm not changing for nobody 
Uh, and so it goes for all my art too. If y'all don't like it, yeah, then you don't like it. But if you do like it, cool. It's all good. And I, I, you know, I could be bothered either way or the other. Not like I'm some superior dude or I'm like better than everybody else. But it's more so like I do this art to fulfill a burning in my chest more so than to make sure that you're happy about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's just one of them things. And I'm just glad that people are, you know, able to share in the infectious, like happiness and vibe of it. You know. In the end, so hopefully it continues that way. Since talent is God given, and fame is man given, conceit is self given. To show that I'm thankful, I try to stay prayerful and give you an eyeful instead of an earful. I only adhere to the ones that I'm dear to. And for the rest of my peer group, I can see clear through. Yeah. My comfort zone is busting clever flows A comfort zone is beautiful, but nothing ever grows there So I'm stepping out, I bury your weapon out I carry my breath without any resistance Either get bitter or get better You can either be your quitter or get fed up From walking two steps behind and develop your grind Or you're just wasting time What's your personal collection like now? I mean, are you finding you're going more digitally or are you in the crates? I find that I'm probably more digital I hate to say this, but here's the thing I was in a group called Jurassic Five for almost 30 years. I've been standing next to a brother named Lucas McFadden and a brother named Mark Potzik, a.k.a. Cut Chemist and Newmark, for almost 30 years. I've been record digging, digging in the crates, right, <laughs> with Cut Chemist and Newmark on various occasions. And one particular occasion I went with Cut, and I was out with him all day. And I said to myself, I don't consume music like you do. Mm-hmm. I love music to say I love all the same stuff but you looking for obscure little breaks and mm-hmm. you're in these crates for hours and I'm just like okay what else do I have to do I was like <laughs> so I vowed I'd never go record shopping with that dude again and I haven't really like it's been years since I went record yeah, shopping yeah. with him so we was in Cuba this last time and they wanted to film me and him going record shopping I was like I'll go but I'll stand <laughs> outside I ain't been record shopping with that dude in a minute so I think I'm leaning more towards digital because it's just easier for me to consume you know what I'm saying but I, I would my aunt, man, rest in peace. She passed a few years ago, and she I acquired her her, her collection. Oh, so that's okay. been a cool thing too. So yeah, nice. I'm living on both sides of that fence. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've got my I've got both sets of my grandparents' vinyls, both my parents' vinyls. Oh, see, like, you winning, but you get you need everywhere. storage space though. Yeah, because my right. aunt she she didn't have that. She had quality records. She didn't have a lot of them. She just had quality joints. Nice. So I was like, yeah, I'll take those. That's <laughs> <laughs> mine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, well, good luck with your adventures with this, man. Thank I mean, you, it's, man. it's exciting kind of seeing this grow, and yeah. I mean, especially with, with what you guys are doing right now. It's just breaking barriers in, in a seriously funky way. It's so, crazy. Uh, I appreciate that because all we were just trying to do was just bring it back to what we was, used to like to do, man, back in the day, and hope that, you know, people, it's some people out there who still feel the same way we do. That's yeah. all it was, you know? <laughs> appreciate awesome. it. Well, thank you, Charlie. No problem. Thank you, man. That's all, man. I right, respect. Brings a brand new day No, we ain't done yet To find out more about each episode, including the tracks played, go to thefinemag.com.